Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran jazz saxophonist Kenny Polson. We caught up with him about his life in music, COVID, and his latest 2021 CD, Colors of Brazil. He was born in Kansas City, Missouri to a musical family, and his grandfather, Chubby Wayne Harshaw, was a major musical influence. These days, he is based in the Pacific Northwest, and he's performed in over 50 countries over his storied career. He's got great tales to tell. Get to know him and enjoy. Joe Domino, Neon Jazz Radio. What's going on? All right, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for taking a minute out. I appreciate it. Oh man, no worries, man. I I, I appreciate the fact that, that you want to talk. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So, Colors of Brazil. It's a great album. Talk to me a little bit about it coming out during a global pandemic. Talk to me about the timing and how you feel about it coming out now. You know, I'll tell you something. I um, when the pandemic started to happen, I was already in the swing of things, and I'm like, shoot, I'm gonna. I'm going to use this time because, you know, we lost all the performances and stuff. So I'm going to use all this time to, to be creative. So let's go ahead on and, and, and rock it out and finish this project. I'm, I'm sure that somebody's going to hear it somewhere, you know. And I figured out that um looks like the Internet was going to be the big thing. So, you know, hey, I'm glad I did it. Talk to me about how this love of Brazilian music came about for you, the inspiration for the album. I, um... Always wanted to do a Brazilian project. Oh, this is man, I love Brazilian music before I even moved there. I actually moved and lived in, in Rio for five years. While I was there, obviously, you know, I took in the the local everything. The food, the the culture, the rhythm of life, the whole thing, you know. This project is actually a culmination of all of that. It's not just music to me. It's it's the whole thing. How's the reception been for the album? Uh, it's been it's been quite well. In fact, uh, I had no idea that I would get this kind of attention with it, and uh, of course, I'm not upset about it either. Obviously, <laughs> been doing quite well. And one thing that that I'm I'm real happy about is some of the reviews. Well, actually, most of the reviews that I've received talk about the authenticity of it. You know how it, it it's not just Somebody going after Brazilian music, it is Brazilian music. So that, that makes me happy, you know, when I get that kind of feedback uh, from people, especially industry. So what do you hope the listener ultimately gets from this experience? I mean, there's going to be a lot of options for people out there, but when they decide and make a commitment to this album, how do you want them to feel? Well, I want them to feel like they're at home in Brazil, like that that's their place, you know, in, in their mind, you know. Uh, it doesn't matter where they're from or anything. I want them to feel like they're they're listening to Brazilian music with a little bit of um, new colors in it, you know, because there's stuff in there that um, even though all the rhythms and all the feel is, is, is Brazilian, you know, I decided to add a little taste of some of this, some of that in there. For example, there's a, a Japanese koto in there. You'll hear that in there if you, if you spend a little time listening to it. You'll also hear um, uh, the Noni, African Noni is in there. And um, also you'll hear the harp. You didn't hear that in Brazilian music very much either. So I wanted to add some some different flavors to get a nice uh, blend so it has more of a, a world world kind of kind of approach. So let's go and get back to the kind of the root of your influences. Talk to me about where you were born and raised and kind of how you know, both music and jazz became life. I was born in Kansas City. Wow. Holly Park, 
you want to call it so. <laughs> I was very fortunate. Uh, I think the word is blessed um, to be born into a musical family. My grandfather used to be um, a singer, dancer, and uh, he also played a little piano. He used to uh, be with um, Count Basie, Julia Lee, Baby Lovett, Cab Calloway. And he is, is kind of like uh, the inspiration of me actually being a musician in the first place. He and my uncle, I have an uncle that used to sing with the Coasters. So music in my family is very serious and very deep. And um, it's very natural for me to um, to play an instrument because everybody in the family did. You know what I mean? We actually grew up from elementary school. We moved from Kansas City. My mom lived just out of there, and, and we ended up in California. And so uh, we're in San Diego for a while, and from San Diego to a uh, small town, Bakersfield, California, which was, uh, I never forgave her for that. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, hey, San Diego, and I'll sit with Bakersfield, what is this, you know? Um, but that, I can't be upset because that's where I actually got my first instrument. You know how it is. I made that lemonade, you know. Well, you know, music in the family. Let me go ahead on and get this thing going. So that's what I did, you know. The rest is kind of just fell in place after that, you know. I went, obviously went to school, you know, college uh, for music. And and after that, I started teaching. And then uh, after teaching for a while, I went down to Bogota, Colombia, and taught there for a couple of years. And then from Bogota to... Um, Real de Janeiro. So I'm in love with, with the people. It's actually the first place I've been to a lot of places. I've been to well over 50 countries. Rio was the first place that felt like home away from home. You know what I mean? I had to do this project. I, it was, I, I didn't have much choice, actually, if I wanted my spirit to rest. You know what I mean? So you have some special memories from Kansas City from the time that you were here? You know, my special memories from my... Um, Kansas City has always been with family. I'm a real family-oriented person, and actually was taught to be a family-oriented person. And uh, I just, you know, I enjoy seeing my people when I'm there, you know. I don't get to go there as much as I would like to, but when I'm there, um, that's what I do. <laughs> Hang out with the family, you know what I mean? Of course, I've had uh, some other memories uh, as far as music is concerned. My grandfather used to take me over to what's called the foundation in Kansas City, uh, where where the cats were all they did the jam sessions and stuff, you know. And I was very fortunate to to meet and, and sit in with some of the cats that actually played bebop, you know, with Charlie Parker or with Cab uh, Cab Calloway or played with Count Basie, you know, and I got my spanking while I was there too. <laughs> Plenty of them. Yeah. Those were were very very fond memories, you know. I'd love to relive them if I could, you know. What was your first live jazz show that you ever saw that really blew you away? My first live jazz show, believe it or not, <laughs> you, my uncle, the one who sang uh, with the coasters, uh, primed me by having me listen to a lot of Miles Davis records. This was about, uh, this lasted for about a week, two weeks. And then finally he took me, this was in the L.A. area. He took me to um, Howard Rumsey's Concerts by the Sea. You go down 
What's Howard? I think it was Howard Ramsey. Um, it was either that or what's the German name? It was a German that had a, uh, a jazz club down there, too. I'll think of it when we get off. You know how that goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but yeah. I wasn't old enough because it's a supper club, right? I wasn't old enough to be in there, but since my uncle and the owner were good friends, they let me sit on the steps. So I sat on the steps, and uh, the Miles Davis band came in. So the band played two or three selections, and then they introduced Miles. And you know how they have dinner and stuff, people talking and plates clanking, and, you know, all that stuff was going on. And he put his finger to his ear and then turned around to the band and, and mentioned, you know, motioned to them to, to get softer. And when he did that, I'm, I'm watching all this, you know what I mean? When he did that, I'm going, wow, this guy's making the band softer. I wonder why. And then he still hadn't played a note. So he still stood there and turned around and told him to play softer again. Uh, then it, that's when it hit me. Oh, he everybody to pay attention to him. And so um, eventually, Miles told the band to get softer, and, and, and people didn't catch up, pick up on him. So he squat down, played one note, got up and left. Never came back. <laughs> and that hit me. Wow, this dude here got all of this power, and I had already heard his music, so I knew what he could do. Uh, he got all this power and, and control to where, you know, he had to demand to play soft and play as intensely as they could. And I'm thinking, now that's, yeah, that's where I, I want that. I want that. I only heard one note out of him, but the band was slamming. <laughs> you know what nice. I mean? Yeah. So I never yeah. forgot that Never forgot that experience. And so um, that, in, you know, along with, you know, the stuff that was handled with my family made me feel like, okay, I want to do this. I, you know, it could, it can be like that, you know. So I know it sounds kind of weird to most people, and a lot of people won't get that. There are some people that will, you know, and, and I do. <laughs> yeah, I get it for sure. So what do you like the best about being a professional musician? What I like the best about being a professional musician is, uh, the ability to be able to create and share that creation with others, and the fact that you know when I when I get a chance to play, especially if it's a concert situation, you know I get a chance to see how that music makes other people happy. And you don't know what condition people can come in to you with. You know they they could you know they could be depressed about something, but but to see those people happy. That really, really gets my attention, and, and, and it encourages me. When we do return, and, you know, COVID's obviously getting to a point now, it's slowing down enough that we can do some live gigs. When we do get back in earnest, what do you hope we all realize, both musician and audience collectively, about the power of live music that we've been away from for a while? I would like us all to realize how that whole situation uplifts quality of life. You know, we could sit down and watch it on a computer. We could sit down and watch it on TV. But when you're in there in the same room or in the same area, wherever that music is being being performed, you know, your quality of life is being uplifted. And I don't want the people who um, are, you know, listening to that to, 
to forget that. And I really, really doubt that the musicians themselves will forget that, the fact that it's, it's changed quality of life, you know. Who doesn't want to have a happy life, you know what I'm saying? Even those moments that don't last for long, a couple of hours, you know, uh, but it's big. And those are, we're creating memories, you know. So that's what I'm hoping that happens uh, throughout, throughout all of this. Everyone has a perception or their idea if they think you are, your family, your friends, your fans, but ultimately you're the one living your life. Who do you think you are? I think I'm a person who is trying to share as much as I can before it's time for me to get up out of here. You know what I mean? I like to think that uh, I'm a person who believes in, in love and to share that love, you know, and and uh, to try to create as much happiness as possible. That's that's me. It really is. So if you have a dream tonight, you run into your younger self around the time you were getting ready to start professionally, and you could give that younger version of you one piece of advice that you've learned over the years, what would it be? I think it would be to savor every moment of opportunities that come my way. Sometimes we get blessed with opportunities and you know we don't realize how strong or how significant that opportunity is and i would love to share that thing with my other self more than anything so if you could get into a time machine and go back in time and see any show anywhere where would you go who would you see and who would you want to talk to after the show you know if i had my revers it would be at least two people I know you're thinking one, but I'm thinking two. Sure. And then not not necessarily in this order, but I would want to speak to John Coltrane and see John Coltrane because of uh, the work ethic that he had and and uh, the creativity. We're, you know, believe it or not, the world is still waiting on another John Coltrane. We're still waiting on another John Coltrane. And the other person that I would really like to see and talk to uh, would be Cannonball Adley because of his work ethic. And and I want to know how is he able to make his saxophone sound like he's happy with every single note he played. How do he do that? How do you do that? When you play and your personality comes out like that in such a way where it's obvious, how do you do that, you know? You know, I also would like to, to uh, see and speak to uh, Duke Ellington. These are my heroes, man. <laughs> I would love to see and, and talk to them and find out what goes on in a brain like that to write so many compositions. And, you know, they didn't have computers and stuff like we do. He couldn't write it and then immediately hear it back. He'd write the whole thing out and then take it to the band, you know what I mean? Some pretty deep stuff, you ask me, you know, and I would love to have, you know, conversations. I would consider those conversations and to see those people as lessons. Yeah, you're dealing with greatness there, you know. I'm sure they had their issues just like everybody else. But when it came down to music, man, it was, you know, we're talking some deep stuff here. So those are people I would love to uh, to see and speak to. Wonderful, man. Hey, Kenny, thank you for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz today to talk about the new album. Good luck with it and the return to life and your life and music. I appreciate it. 
Hey, I appreciate you once again. You know, uh, I know these opportunities. This is an opportunity. <laughs> it doesn't always come around, and I just want you to know that I appreciate you uh, offering this opportunity for me to uh, to speak with you and let any of your your fans hear whatever it is that we have to say. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Brazil, the Pacific Northwest, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Kenny for his time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com and for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.